Are you interested in joining a community of policy influencers working toward positive change? Consider Seton Hall University's results-driven executive graduate programs in international affairs. You can customize your studies through research in regional areas and specializations, including conflict management, global health security, and more. As a graduate candidate, you can leverage a collaborative and dynamic professional platform that includes one-on-one faculty mentorship, career workshops, international seminars, and discussions with global leaders on campus, at the UN headquarters in New York, and in Washington, D.C. The program is flexible. Study full-time or part-time, online or at the New Jersey campus just 14 miles from New York City. To learn more or sign up for a webinar, click the link in our episode description. Welcome to another informative episode of Unscripted. This time, a small but strategically important Malta took over the leadership of the Security Council for the month of February. And as usual, I am Damilola Banjo. And I am Kelechuku Ogu. Ambassador Vanessa Frazier joins us on this episode. It is the second time Malta has been elected into the council. Fun fact, Ambassador Frazier is the first Maltese woman to be appointed as permanent representative to the UN for Malta. On today's episode, the ambassador speaks to us about a country's extremely important signature events and the tough job of search and rescue on the Mediterranean Sea. We also got to know her beyond the diplomatic scene. Lagos, where Damilola and I live, is a coastal state bordering the Atlantic Ocean. Growing up, I thought the ocean will swallow up Victoria Island. There were always new stories of the ocean tide surging into the road around that elite part of the state. My fear is a reality for island states on the Pacific Ocean. There are villages in Kiribati that have been wiped out already. So what happens if the whole country is invaded by the Pacific? It is a question that Malta will ask at the Security Council on February 14th. At the moment, international law does not recognize and does not provide for loss of territory due to climate issues. The international law uh, defines statehood with you know having four you need to have four principles and one of them is territory so what happens to a country if it loses all its territory and it is inundated and the land mass is underwater does it also lose its maritime zones does it lose its fishing rights does it lose its flight information region um the the, the what happens to the displaced population or uh, does that citizenship not exist any longer, do any of their human rights, you know. So there, there is a, a big vacuum in the law. And so in our signature event, we will be um, focusing on this and we will have a briefing by the International Law Commission, 
who is working as a, a, a working group working specifically on sea level rise, and they will brief us on what they are doing. Damilola, this for me is a model on how signature events should be used. Uh, what do you think? Honestly, Kelechiko, it's good to see a country address the specifics of an issue, unlike the broad approach that most countries um, favor. Part of what Ambassador Frieser described as loss of territory feeds into conversations that are taking place around the loss and damage fund. Uh, during the interview with the ambassador, we asked if Malta will be looking to benefit from this fund. I mean, as an island right at the center of the Mediterranean. Do you think Malta should also partake in this uh, compensation? Or do you think as a bigger economy, your campaign will be towards um, poorer countries um, benefiting from this compensation? Absolutely, the latter. Malta doesn't have intention to request uh, compensation for any losses. We are a developed uh, island. We're also now a member of the European Union, so we have access to many different funds and opportunities. We feel that it is important and we support SIDS in their quests um, to, to gain support from other countries. Unfortunately, there are some countries that are facing the same phenomenon of climate change, but are able to combat it in different ways because of their resources and resources are available to them. So we feel that countries that do not have resources readily available to them should be assisted by, by others, but it is not Samota's intention to request it. We support the SIDS in their quest, so we support also the pro proposal by Vanuatu for um, ICJ advice, but, but it is not um, something that Malta will be seeking. Still sailing on the Mediterranean. Around 2016, the European Union reportedly tweaked its policy on search and rescue operations on the Mediterranean. I remember hearing a lot of anti migration rhetoric from Matteo Salvini. He was Italy's Minister for Interior. He is now back in government as Deputy Prime Minister. Well, Malta has the largest search and rescue zone on the sea. Many international maritime law experts opines that Malta has the duty of saving lives on the sea. But this does not mean the island country have to take in all rescue persons. Nonetheless, NGOs involved in search and rescue have become more active since the EU stance changed. And now they say Malta has been hostile to migrants trying to enter into Europe through the Mediterranean. So we asked Ambassador Fraser to comment on this ill feeling towards her country. Malta takes his responsibility very, uh, is very responsible about the search and rescue area. We have a very large, a vast search and rescue area, but the international law uh, responsibility calls on Malta to be responsible for coordinating uh, a rescue, not for rescuing and disembarking. Malta needs to ensure that whatever ships are most are closest to a vessel that is in distress is diverted to render assistance. What is going on at the moment is that there are some um, vessels which are specifically going out into the Mediterranean looking for migrant vessels and they are doing it very close to the Libyan shores. If they're doing it very close to the Libyan shores, it is not a responsibility of Malta. We are not saying 
that migrants need to be disembarked in Libya, but this is where the lacuna lies. The lacuna, the, the issue of what is going on in the Mediterranean is not, um, is, is really about the fact that Libya is not considered a safe port for disembarking uh, migrants. That is what the problem is. When you look at international maritime law about the disembarkation of persons rescued at sea, it's not for mass migration. It is, for example, if there's a yacht in, in distress or a cruise ship. We strongly feel that solidarity is what is necessary and what is important. So, Unfortunately, the frontline states on the frontline European states in the Mediterranean are the ones which are most heavily burdened with this. But since we are all in the European Union, the burden needs to be shared. And we feel that solidarity is very important. Malta is a small island, which is already very largely uh, overpopulated. And, uh, and if we had to be able to deal with the number of migrants which are rescued in the Mediterranean to all be disembarked in Malta, we will not be able to have the facilities for these reception centers and to give the proper assistance that they that they require. This is where the solidarity comes in. And this was what needs to be understood. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a talk show featuring leading global voices? Do you want to learn more about how international issues directly affect people locally? Global Connections Television presents the insights of global influencers at no cost to viewers and programmers. GCTV is independently produced and reaches more than 70 million potential viewers worldwide each week. The show covers everything from human rights to climate change, from peace and security to empowering women and girls. It features guests such as Dr. Jane Goodall, former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Mary Robinson, and Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. The show also hosts expert voices from the private sector, academia, and labor and environmental movements. GCTV is available to public television media outlets, universities, and service clubs for distribution. To watch the show or find out more, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. Back to activities in the Security Council. We asked the ambassador if the council had any commemorative event a year on from Putin's invasion of Ukraine. There is a commemoration of the first anniversary of the war on Ukraine, and there will be uh, many events uh, and, and discussions in, in various bodies of the United Nations, not least of which will be the Security Council. So on the 24th of February, um, a debate will be held at the Council. This is a regular agenda item for the Council. Therefore, we placed that uh, discussion on the 24th, so the Friday morning. Daminola, I must say, Ambassador Frazier has an impressive CV, not just as a diplomat, but as a judoka with 40 years of practice. She told us her love for judo and sports in general helped her through lockdown in 2020. So judo is something which really defines me, I have to say. If somebody knows me and knows what judo is, it's not just a martial art. There is a philosophy of life which is attached to judo, and it is something which defines me a lot. I use the principles of judo very much in my private and my professional life. 
there are many lessons that I have learned from judo. I have been um, practicing for 40 years, continue to do so, even though it is very difficult and was very difficult during COVID. I was not able to train because it is a full contact sport. And I had just moved to New York then. Um, when I moved in January and then March, everything uh, closed down. So I have a very um, odd relationship also with New York and that I have been here for three years, but I'm only now starting to discover it because <laughs> my family and I were stuck inside, unfortunately, oh for those years. And I have I have um, lots of fantastic memories, though, from COVID also, because um, the bond that was created with some of the permanent representatives. I am also in the running club, for example, the, the PR runners. Not so much anymore now, I have to admit, and in the winter it's not so, as easy, but it was that, that group was very important for me when uh, during COVID we, we had this thing about running alone but together. So we would run, but then, you know, share our running experiences with each other. And it was very surreal to run in the, you know, down Fifth Avenue with no cars, you know, for example. <laughs> oh and, and we would share those experiences, but it was the, the bonds that were created were incredible. Sports is very important to my life, really does define me. I'm now also on the PR soccer team, which I love. It's something it's, we play on Friday evenings. And that is the only thing I want to do on a Friday because I go and play for two hours and I forget the work week. And I know that the weekend can start. For me, sports is part of my mental health. And just as she flourishes as a judoka, she has also held many top positions in Malta Foreign Affairs Ministry, from being ambassador of migration to being the country's top emissary to NATO. She even headed the country's defense directorate for six years. She says without a supportive family, it is not easy for women to have the type of glowing career she is still enjoying. I've been 30 years in this career. I've had some incredible experiences. I was posted in Washington, uh, London, Brussels, Rome twice. Um, I'm very, very lucky. Um, I always think it's going to be downhill after here because I've been to some of the most incredible places, uh, met some wonderful people. And, and I feel that being on the Security Council really is a culmination of all of this. I'm proud to represent my country. I'm proud that I'm a woman uh, doing it also. We actually have quite a lot of women in our diplomatic corps. There are definitely disadvantages. Um, and unless you have the right family uh, teamwork going on, it is more difficult for a woman to, to travel around the world on postings and have, um, and have their partners uh, follow them. But, you know, there are ways of making it happen. I do like to mentor younger women who, who wish to have a career in diplomacy because, you know, it's all about give and take. And now we duck. On today's episode, we spoke with Ambassador Vanessa Frazier, Malta's first female permanent representative to the United Nations and president of the Security Council for February. We discussed Malta's plans to find out what happens when a country is lost to the sea. We also examined the challenge of irregular migration on the Mediterranean, a knot with many loops. And we heard some life hacks from the judo maestro herself. This episode was presented by Damilola Banjo and Kelechuku Ogo. 
Kilichuku Ogo was the producer, music was by Poddington Bear, Alison Lecce was the fact checker, and the editor is Dulcie Lineback. This episode has been made possible with support from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Open Society Foundation, and you, our generous readers. Unscripted is available where you get podcasts. If you liked today's show, please share it with all your friends and rate us on iTunes. Thank you.